0: Christmas, when I was about 16, 17 years of age, we're in church and we're singing, Oh Holy Night, and 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 O come all you faithful and all this sort of stuff. And this woman in front of me just kept on worshiping, and I'm like, What are you doing? These are Christmas carols, they're not worship songs. And then I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me and say, Hey, look at the lyrics. And the lyrics of our carols are so worshipful, they're unbelievable. And so I shifted at, at that age from seeing carols as annoying to understanding that carols are worship. And we can come into the Christmas season, we go, oh yeah, well, this is what we do, we do carols. But it's the one time of the year that we sing these worship songs. And, and over the last two weeks, we kind of talked about oh Holy Night, and last week Trinity did such an amazing job, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And we just talked about what these songs really mean, because they are more than a song. And this carol says, O come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. O come ye, O come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the king of angels. O come, let us adore him. O come, let us adore him. O come, let us adore him. Christ the Lord. Such great lyrics, but if I'm honest with you this morning, I have a little bit of trouble with the first line in that song sometimes when it comes to Christmas. I come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. I'm, I'm not sure about you, but sometimes I get to the Christmas time, I don't feel very joyful and I don't feel very triumphant. I'll tell you what I do feel, tired and exhausted. Is anybody, I'm, I'm, I'm alone here in this? Sometimes I come into the Christmas season and it, and it feels anything but joyful and triumphant, in fact, many times it can feel defeated. Many times it can feel sorrowful. Many times it can feel tired. And many times you can even be depressed as you come into the season. As we know, statistics tell us for most people it's the loneliest time of the year for them. And so maybe this morning you're thinking, I don't feel very faithful. Oh, come, or you faithful? I don't feel very faithful this morning. I'm not re- really good on the whole faithful side of things because I know that God spoke to me this year to do this, that, and, and I kind of did it and it kind of didn't turn out what I wanted and it, it was way more difficult than I thought and so we find ourselves kind of struggling on the being faithful side of things a little bit or maybe, maybe for you this morning it's the triumphant part. We look at, you look at your finances or you look at what's going on in your health or you look at what's going on and, and it doesn't feel... Very triumphant. You thought you'd be in a better position than you are today and you, don't, you just don't feel very triumphant in that. Or maybe it's on the joyful side of things. Joy can get sucked out of things really quickly, can't it? Anybody who goes shopping this time of year will discover that it's basically not a joyful experience but it's a trial and tribulation. Last year... I had, I had thought I had brought, I had brought Trinity a present, but I thought of this really cool little thing that I could get her, and I thought I had got it, and then realised I hadn't got it, and, and so we're doing a, I'm doing, not who, I'm doing a last minute, you know, Christmas Eve dash to Sylvia Park. It started with the 45 minutes of trying to get a car park. But I, I, I was prepared for that. So I was okay, because I knew it was going to take a while to get a car park. What, what I wasn't prepared for is as I stood in line, that the person in front of me was one of them dumb shoppers. Not, not you guys, you aren't dumb. But they were a dumb shopper because the first thing the mistake they made is they grabbed an item without a barcode on it. Everybody knows. You check it for a barcode, yes? If you don't, you've just learned something today. Do not go to the counter without a barcode because then what happens, rather than me being served, can I have somebody from uh, Laundry come and... Uh, you know, like, it takes forever for this person to go and find something and bring it so that they can barcode it. So finally, the person comes and, and they got the barcode and they scan it and then the next thing happens. And, and this just proves how dumb the shopper was. They pulled out their checkbook. Who writes checks? And of course, in this day and age, because they hardly ever take checks, there's like 452 steps they have to go through to approve the check, you know they're going to get the supervisor over, and it's just like, and I'm in line, and I'm like, this is not fun. It didn't feel very joyful in that moment. And I don't know that, that example is a bit of a silly example, but many times we can come to the season, and things can be very wearisome, and they can steal and rob us of our joy and we find ourselves not feeling joyful at all. Here's the good news about Jesus, is that Jesus doesn't call the faithful the joyful and the triumphant. Jesus doesn't call the joyful the faithful and the triumphant. Are you hearing me this morning? Jesus calls the wearied and the burdened. It says here in Matthew eleven twenty eight: Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you... Rest. He doesn't call you complete. He doesn't call you whole. He doesn't call you with your act together. He calls you with the way that you are. Jesus also says that he calls sinners. And Matthew nine twelve to thirteen. On hearing this, Jesus said, "It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the. For I have not come to call the righteous, but. So I think that's a great thing that. We may not feel joyful and we may not feel triumphant and we may not feel faithful, but God doesn't call the joyful and the triumphant and the faithful. He calls those that are weary and burdened, come to me and I'll give you rest. He doesn't call those that are well. He calls the sinners and that gives me great hope and it should give you great hope and it should relieve some of the pressure that you're feeling to know that I don't have to change who I am for God to accept me. He came for me Just the way that I am, and he doesn't expect me to change to accept me. He accepts me the way I am. Without triumph, without joyfulness, and without faithfulness. It's almost like you could really rewrite this song to say, Oh come, all the weary, burdened, and sinners. Rather than the joyful, the triumphant, and the faithful, because that's who he calls us he calls us to come. The good news about Jesus also is that even though he calls us to come with our weariness and our burden and our sin and our stuff that's going on, the great thing about it is he doesn't call us to him with all of that stuff to just leave us that way. He says, come just the way that you are. You might be in a state of weariness. You might be in a state of burden. You might be in all sorts of state, but when you realize that you need Jesus when you call on him. The Bible says that something beautiful happens. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, who's anyone? Anyone. I looked at the Greek and it means anyone. In Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. The great thing about Jesus is that he calls us to come with our weariness, with our burdens, with our sin. And then he goes, hey, it's cool, you can come just the way you are, but I'm not going to leave you in that state. I'm going to make you a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. It's such a great thing that he has done for us. And today, for many of you, God is wanting you to know that you have become a new creation, the old has gone. The stuff that you struggled with, the things that ha, ha, seem to have like, like hooks in your back that keep on pulling you back in. It's almost like the enemy sometimes treats us like we're dogs. You know, I, I used to have a Rockweller, a beautiful dog. And, and, you know, you have those leads that kind of go out a little bit. And, and, and it's almost like we start pursuing this walk with God and then the enemy, it's like he's got a dog lead on us. He just yanks us back in again. And what Jesus is saying is, no, 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 the old is gone. Those hooks don't exist anymore. The lead isn't on your life anymore. If we become a new creation, we become that because Jesus has helped us. Jesus has helped us. We may have come with weary. We may have come with burden. We may have come with sin. But when we realize that we need Jesus and we come to Jesus, he does not leave us in our weary and our burden and our sin, but he makes us a new creation. He gets rid of the old. And behold, we are new. Jesus helps us become more faithful. Jesus helps us become more faithful. Hebrews 12, 2 says let us let us fix our eyes on Jesus the author and the perfecter of our faith you see the thing is if you feel a little unfaithful today you need to understand that your faith comes from the author of it your faith comes from he who offers it jesus gives it to us and then he goes about perfecting that work in us god gives us faith the bible says this to each of us has been given a portion of faith God goes and then starts to work on that so in Romans it says this so faith comes by hearing and hearing by what hearing by the word of God and so faith is planted in us and then as we read his word as we hear his word all of a sudden it starts to feed it it starts to put the nutrients into it and hearing God's word starts to build our faith and when we hear God's word it builds our faith and it starts to grow and it starts to expand. And even though you may not feel very faithful at the moment, you need to understand that he is faithful and the author of faithfulness is the one who gives you the faithfulness that you need and then upon hearing his word, it starts to grow. So maybe you're going through a really tough time right now. Maybe you're going through a difficult season Maybe you're maybe having Christmas without your kids for the first time. Maybe you've lost a loved one earlier this year and this is your first Christmas without them. I, I know how hard that can be. My brother passed away six years ago and Christmas Day is his birthday. So every Christmas morning I wake up knowing my brother isn't there. He, he would be turning 50 this year. Not there. I know what it's like to go through those things. Or well, maybe, maybe it's not a loss physically, but maybe you feel like you've lost your dream this year. Maybe you feel like that you're trying to have faith, but you're just feeling very tired in the process. Well, I'm going to put some faith in you this morning from his word. In Isaiah 43, it says this, that when you pass through the waters... Who will? I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I, the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior, is with you. Even though you might feel like you've been swept over by the waves, even though the heat might be getting turned up in your life, you need to understand for those of us that believe in Jesus and have that new creation on the inside of us, when you hear these words that, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. When you start to hear those things, no weapon formed against me shall prosper, that every voice that rises up against me shall be quenched, That the hills melt like wax in the presence of the Lord. As you start to hear the word of God, faith starts to grow on the inside of us. I am the God that healeth thee by his stripes. I am healed. That God has given you the wealth, the power to make wealth. That if God is for you, who can be against you? All of a sudden, you start to get that word on the inside of you. And that faith seed that he planted in you starts to feed on that. And it starts to grow and increase. And what feels like a lot of faithlessness becomes faithfulness. As we start to hear his word, you can feel it starting to build. And and I know that on the night, just over six years ago, when when I realized my brother was not going to be found, he dived in to rescue some kids into the water, got washed out to sea, they've never found him. And when I realized in that moment that that was it, it was over. Trinity sent me off for a walk because I was, let's just say I was slightly upset. And as I walked late at night in New Plymouth, walking around, feeling very angry with God, I got to this point where I was just like, okay, this is not working. I need God to speak to me. And I opened up my Bible on my phone and there was Isaiah 43, 2 to 3, opened it, and I read it, and I read it about 10 or 12 times, and with each reading, faith started to grow on the inside. With each reading, it was starting to grow on the inside to me, and I felt like God was saying to me as I read this over and again, He said, listen, in the midst of your pain and hurt, the pain will not set you ablaze. In the midst of your pain and your hurt, the waters will not sweep over you. For I am the Lord your God and I am with you. And as God started to speak to me through his word, the pain, the heartache started to diminish and faith and peace and grace and mercy started to increase. And it's in the process of me hearing God's word as I read it out loud to myself. My faith was built. Jesus helps us become more faithful as we are in his word. And as it gets inside of us, God's word starts to permeate. And it starts to fill up the inside of us. And Jesus helps us to become more faithful. Jesus also helps us to become more joyful more joyful. In Galatians 5.22 it says that the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit of God. As an apple, produce, apple tree produces apples, so the fruit of the Spirit produces joy. Apple trees don't produce pears or oranges unless you've got some wacky tree growing at your house. An apple tree will produce what it's designed to produce. You don't have to thank the apple tree. You don't have to go up to the apple tree, thank you so much for producing this beautiful Granny Smith. That's so delicious. Thank you so much. You don't thank the tree. Why? Because you expect the tree to produce the thing that it's meant to produce. And the Bible says here that the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of having the Spirit of God in your life is love, joy. We know there's others, but joy. And so I expect, and you and I should expect, that if the Spirit of God is really functioning and operating in our lives, then it should produce joy. I shouldn't have to beg for it. I shouldn't have to ask for it. I shouldn't have to thank it for it. It's what it's meant to do. It's meant to produce these things in my life. And so the same way that the apple tree produces apples, so when I'm in relationship with God, His Spirit produces The fruit that I need within us. And the Bible says this, that when we receive Christ, that Christ puts his spirit on the inside of us. And a fruit of the spirit is always love and joy. But here's the problem with society today, is that it confuses happiness with joy. Happiness depends on happenings. Joy depends on Jesus. Happiness depends on happenings. Joy depends on Jesus. You don't want to be happy, you want to be joyful. Because happiness depends on what's happening. If things are going well, I'm happy. If things are not going well, I'm not happy. If this works for me, I'll be happy. If that girl says yes to going out with me, I'll be happy. If I get that promotion, I'll be happy. Happiness is based on happenings, but joy is based on Jesus. And you can have a joyful life without the happenings because you have Jesus. Joy comes from Jesus and it comes from something that is placed in you by the living God inside your spirit. And out of that thing that God has planted, the spirit of God on the inside, out of that, the overflow, the fruit of the spirit, it produces that love and that joy because happiness Depends on happenings. But joy depends on Jesus. Luke 2, 10 to 11 says this, But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause what? Great joy. What will cause great joy? For all the people today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. The thing that brings great joy is the fact that Jesus was born for us that Jesus was born to to die on the cross for every single one of us. And it doesn't matter what your happenings are. When you understand what he has done, you can have joy because Jesus is for you. He says, come, those that are weary, those that are burdened, those that are sinners, come because I will look after you. I can bring that transformation. I can bring that joy that you're looking for because my spirit produces those things in your life. A saviour has been born and it causes great joy and Jesus can help us become more faithful and Jesus can help us become more joyful and Jesus can also help us become more triumphant. You know when I was about 12 years of age I was living in Wellington at the time and I was I was quite a short 12-year-old, and I didn't really have a lot of muscle to me. You might find this hard to believe, but when I got married, I was 72 kgs. This is what married life has done to me. It's not my fault. (laughs) But when I was about 12 years of age, um, my mum let me for the first time, me and my friend Tane, to jump... It, it, we lived in Porirua, we jumped on the train, we went all the way into Wellington City, we went to McDonald's for lunch, and then we are going to the movies, and mum, mum was, you know, mums understand this, yes? Mum was letting out the leash a little bit, you know, allowing me to go on my own, and probably acting like she was all cool with it, but spending her whole day praying. Does any mums know what I'm talking about? And the, and the day was going fantastic until we, we were running a little bit late to the movie and I, I had to, you know, it was quite a packed movie and I had to push past people. And, and it's not like today where they make, you know, like big space for you to walk through, eh? Does anybody remember back about, you know, two years ago when I was young, you know, they were quite narrow, wasn't it? And you'd be like pushing through and trying to get through. They didn't have big spaces in the aisles and... And I bumped this guy as I was walking past and he spilt some of his Coke. And I got past him to my seat, which was just two over, and I sat down on my seat. He stands up, comes over to me, and he's like, what's your flipping problem, mate? You know, like it was, it was about to go down. Like, And me being the, the intelligent little weakling that I was, decided that my best response was some smart aleck comment, because that would work. So I give him some smart comment, and now he's like, he's muscling up to me, right? He's a big boy, well, bigger than me anyway. He felt like he was a Goliath. He probably wasn't. And there I am in my chair looking for exits. You know, like, how can I get out of this? If I run now, all right. And, and I'm, I'm freaking out. I'm, I'm cowering in my chair. This guy's angry with me. I'm scared. And next minute, Tane comes along, who's sitting beside me. He sees what's going on. And he was a big boy. Like, he was 12, six foot one, moldy boy, big boy. And he walks up to the go, what's your problem? And he goes, no problem. And he goes and sits down. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, man, I'm up out of my chair. Yeah, bro. Come on. Bring it, because big friends make you feel tough. Yeah, I was just like, one minute I'm where's the exit. Next minute I'm like, what? Come on! ah." What happened? From me, one minute cowering in my chair, looking for the exits. To the next minute, you want some of this? What happened? You know what happened? I realized I had a mate with me who was bigger and had my back. I realized I had somebody with me that had my back. And here's the thing that I think that we forget about a lot as Christians. That many times we forget who has our back. And who has our back is not Tane who has our back, is the living God. The living God. Isaiah says this, for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and he will be called what wonderful counselor, mighty God everlasting father, prince of peace, of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time and forever. I don't know about you, but that there is a pretty triumphant statement that he is the everlasting father, the prince of peace the wonderful counselor, the mighty God. God is not cowering in his seat. God is standing up to every bully that would ever come your way, to every demonic thing, to every sinful temptation that comes your way. He's like, man, I am wonderful counselor. I am mighty God. I am the Prince of Peace. What is this that is coming? I have got your back. I don't know about you, but that feels triumphant, and it makes me feel triumphant. Because I remember it's not Tane that has my back. It's not Rimmer that has my back. It's Jesus Christ that has my back. And this scripture is prophesying of Jesus coming and who he will be. And you need to understand that even though in this prophecy they're talking about a little baby, it's not a little helpless baby. He is the king of kings and he is the lord of lords. He might be a baby, but he's still the ruler of the universe. Come on, friend. It's triumphant. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the author of life. He's the Prince of Peace. He's the author of our faith. He's the perfecter of it. He's the one that spoke everything into existence. He is the bread of life. He is our salvation. He is the lifter of our head. And this song, O come all you faithful, says that he is born the King of angels, and we come to adore him, for he is Christ the Lord, and I don't know about you, but that's triumphant. And I have to understand, and you and I have to understand, who fights with us? It's not one of your mates. It's not your dad. We've all had that fight, haven't we? Yeah? My dad's bigger than your dad. My dad can smash your dad. We've all had those fights. We've all said those things about our natural dad, but what you need to start to say is, whoa, whoa. And David got this right. He said, Oh, Goliath, you come against me with sword and spear. Oh, you silly boy. I just come against you in the name of the Lord. I know who's got my back. You, You can throw your sword, you can throw your spear. You can be 10 foot tall, and you can make me look like a midget, but you, you don't understand. You don't understand. I come at you in the name of the Lord. Not even a sling and a stone, but the name of the Lord. And when the name of the Lord gets involved, all of a sudden the sling and the stone goes to a whole nother level, yeah? It goes from... Whoosh, 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 to. know, he's yeah, almost like a helicopter taking lift off. As the Lord comes upon him. Then he lets go and this thing just flies through the air at a rapid rate of knots. Goliath is standing, he's got no idea what's going on. He just sees this thing coming towards him. It hits him in the forehead and here's this thought, something just crossed my mind. But it hits him in the forehead and out the back is. But here's the crazy thing. The stone comes flying at him, it hits him. Most people fall backwards. (laughs) But it says that Goliath fell on his face. Because the Bible says this, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ, the guy that's got your back, is Lord. Oh, come, let us adore him. You will bow to me, Goliath. You will bow to me because he has got your back. The best thing about David is that he then took Goliath's sword and cut Goliath's head off with Goliath's own sword. The weirdest thing David did is he then took the head home to show his mum. And if you got those kids that pick flowers or bits and pieces up on their way home from school and bring them to you, well, David was one of those kids that said he brought a head home. Look, mum. I mean, it's weird. You need to understand who it is that fights for us. And my prayer for you this Christmas would be that these aren't just a carol's lyrics that you sing, but you would go, whoa, hold on a sec. Oh, come, all ye faithful. That's me. I may not feel like it right now, but I know his word can make me faithful. Oh, come, all ye faithful, joyful. Oh yeah, I can be joyful because of what Christ has done for me. It's not about my happenings. It's about who He is. And when Christ is in me, it must produce the fruit of love and joy and peace and kindness. All those things, it's a natural consequence of the Spirit of God operating in my life. I can be joyful. And boy, oh boy, can I be triumphant. Because when I understand the one who has my back... When I understand that it's the King of kings, it's it's the Lord of lords, it's not a little baby, it's the one who holds the universe between his thumb and his forefinger. It's the one who spoke everything into existence. That's the one who is the forgiver, the redeemer, the healer, the provider. When I understand that that's the one that has my back, doesn't matter how bad the situation looks, I can be triumphant because he is faithful not because of what I have done but because of who he is I I, I can come weary I can come burdened I can come as a sinner because it's not about me It's about who he is it's about him being the way maker it's about him being the miracle worker it's not about me it's about me just coming oh come come on that's why I feel like God's saying oh come come on come in Come in the burden, come in the weary, come in the sinner. Oh come in and I'll make you faithful and I'll make you joyful and I'll make you triumphant because it's about me and it's not about you. It's about what I have done, not what you've been. So come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Come to Bethlehem and see the King of angels. The King of Kings, come, come, let us adore Him. Come, let us adore Him. Christ the Lord. Come on, why don't we stand to our feet this morning? I want us to sing this carol this morning. But I want you to sing it understanding that you are faithful, that you are joyful, that you are triumphant. And I don't know what's going on in your world right now, but I believe that as you sing this song, as you let these words not just be a carol, but be like, worship, come, let us adore him. That as we do that, circumstances will shift. Situations will change. Your perspective would shift from being all alone to understanding that the King of Kings has your